0: Shout out to our sponsors at IconBet. Open source, decentralized gaming, no deposits. Play straight from your wallet. IconBet, made by the players, for the players. IonIcon is proudly supported by Icon Nation and the Icon community. Scott, thank you again for jumping on and uh, chatting to the community. We are today going to focus entirely on BTP. I know there's... Uh, You've answered a few. There's a lot of articles out there, but why not get the latest and greatest? And um, what's been great to see is a lot of the community have jumped on the forums and asked a ton of questions. So I'm going to dive right in and in no particular order yes. So um, I guess, do you want to give a quick overview of um, how long has the BTP component... Well, what is BTP and how long has it been in development from... Um, our partners at IconLoop.
1: Yeah, BTP is uh, an interoperability protocol um, and framework. And we have, I guess it's been in development at this point for around three years or so.
0: Okay. Excellent. Short and sweet. Okay. So I'm going to dive into the community question. So uh, uh, one of the first questions we have and in no particular order. So comparing BTP to something like Cosmos IBC, how simple is interoperability to implement? For example, Cosmos requires blockchains to implement uh, Tendermint or have a relayer for proof-of-work blockchains. Are there any requirements for BTP?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, for BTP, you just need to be a smart contract-enabled blockchain, so it does make it difficult for something like uh, Bitcoin to use uh, BTP specifically or to have, like, the full BTP architecture in use. Um, But, yeah, once we have the... uh, kind of framework done for each type of consensus and each um, smart contract language, it becomes more of a copy paste to uh, to implement the solution on other networks. So for example, like we have, uh, you know, if there's two blockchains that are EVM compatible and have similar consensus mechanisms, then once we implement it on the first one, it's essentially a copy paste to implement the second
2: one.
0: Cool. Okay.
2: Because uh, I'm going to ask a question really quick that might be kind of, uh, I'm asking because I've seen it pop up a number of times and you to a certain extent, you've kind of addressed it, Scott, but just for the sake of, for those who haven't seen it before, or aren't aware, you know, I think the biggest question always comes up is, oh, you know, Cosmos is doing interoperability, Polkadot is doing interoperability. You know, there's, there's some layer two solutions that promise interoperability, that sort of stuff. I guess without knowing that we have a bit of a, you know, a bit of a time constraint, can you just kind of glance over why, you know, what, what makes BTP different? Um, and, you know, is there is there a scenario where you envision multi, uh, a world of multiple, you know, interoperability solutions, each one kind of working a little bit differently?
1: Right. Yeah. So I think I'm a little more well-versed in, in uh, Polkadot's technology than, than IBC. And, and Polkadot really is a different type of, um, I, I really wouldn't call it the same type of interoperability we're talking about when we talk about BTP. Polkadot itself operates uh, operates on a relay chain and parachain structure. Um, like the relay chain, the core network, it doesn't have any features. All it can do is uh, transfer tokens and, and, and reach consensus and stake. There's no smart contracts, there's no applications, none of that stuff. So in order for uh, their network to support applications, they have parachains, which um, will be like the smart contract layer. And then all parachains connected to the relay chain Uh, are interoperable and can communicate with one another. So that's, like, really within their ecosystem. What Icon is doing is connecting ecosystem to ecosystem. So being able to, uh, you know, like, the relay chain architecture supports um, interoperability with anything connected to that relay chain, but um, Icon's architecture is more so let's, uh, you know, connect other ecosystems to each other. So, you know, Icon would come into play, like, still is symbiotic with... um, with the dot ecosystem, and that you know, Icon's not a relay chain, and we're bridging to other not not, not a relay chain. It's not a parachain and we're bridging to other non parachain blockchains as well.
2: And to what to what extent will there be friction using BTP? So, for for example, with like something like I don't know, like a Ren, um, you know, there you have to you have to take your you have to take your Bitcoin, you have to put it into the contract. You probably have to wait a few minutes and then on the other side of it gets spit out ethereum it probably costs a little bit of money um obviously i would say that's a frictionless process because you know you have to kind of like it's multiple steps you have to sit there and wait um to what extent you know will there be friction on btp or will it be one of those things where it it kind of operates so smoothly where um people you know people might not even know they're kind of potentially using it yeah
1: uh, it does make sense yeah but like at this point um the friction that you're talking about is more kind of on the individual use case side like BTP, like you're talking, the, the use case you brought up is transferring tokens. And that's going to come down to like a user experience developed around the token transfer process. But really, um, you know, BTP is, is a very generic solution that allows for any type of data transfer between networks. And that could be, you know, as, as seamless, at, you know, like the end user may not even notice uh, that they're using that the application is using BTP. If it's simply like querying data from another network, for example, cool. Does that makes
2: sense to you. I could try and break it down more so. Yeah, no, no that I think I think uh, I think I think just knowing that you know it's it's just going to be a different experience than I think for the most part what what people kind of currently know is interoperability. Uh, which is still kind well, the, of clunky, the, and, the, and yeah. the the initial iteration of BTP yeah, yeah. is going to be similar to that of
1: like transferring assets over uh, the Ren bridge, for example, um, where you have assets on the Icon chain, and then you can go through this process where you wrap them um, and they get spit out on another chain, and we have you know the kind of user experience planned out for that specific use case, uh, because token transfer right. is like a good proof of concept for BTP, but it can get really in-depth and complex where individual app developers might need specific pieces of data from different networks. And Icon's Relay Network can support uh, you know, those queries. Um, and that's that's a little different than, than transferring tokens between networks.
0: Right, right. So that, that initial, that transferring token, Scott, would it be similar to the Orbit bridge setup in terms of essentially, yeah, exactly. yeah. OK, cool, cool. So for everyone. Same, base,
1: same basic idea. Yeah, same yeah. basic idea, Orbit bridge, Ren bridge. Um, yeah. Yeah, same, same basic concept. There. But, you know, you can also, BTP can also be extended to do something like what ThorSwap does, where um, there is no wrapping of any assets and we're just triggering actions on different blockchains based on, uh, you know, like if someone wants to trade uh, Ethereum for uh, ICX, we could have the ICX never wrapped and just sitting on the ICON blockchain, the Ethereum could be on the Ethereum blockchain and we can, we can trigger native asset swaps that way. It's just a little more complex of a solution we wanted to get, a proof of concept out for BTP, uh, wrapping assets still has a lot of value. So I think like, um, you know, shortly after we get the initial iteration of BTP out, uh, we can start experimenting with more complex use cases.
0: Okay, great. Then uh, again, just a reminder, we've had a few join. Uh, if you have questions, throw your hand up. You can ask away. Don't have to wait for us to get through all these questions, but let's keep plowing through. Uh, so Scott, now again, no order, so with ICE running uh, and EVM and utilizing uh, BTP, once BTP is developed to make this connection uh, loose, this, wait, sorry, let me see, there's a spelling mistake here, so let me make sure what I'm asking you, does, oh yeah, um, So once BTP is developed to make this connection, does this mean that it will be easy to apply for other blockchains also running EVMs or is there more involved? For example, will it be easy to copy a a Solidity, smart contract with minimal changes? I believe you've answered this once we have.
1: I did, yes, Yes, I did answer that, that is correct. It will be easy, yep.
0: Brilliant, okay. Um, So next one, assuming BTP will be as fast as the slowest blockchain it's connected to, as it will require consensus on both uh, connected blockchains, how will this work with the likes of ETH layer 2 solutions that derive consensus from um, the Ethereum layer 1?
1: Pretty much, we just need to, like, the way BTP works is we make some assumptions about finality when a transaction is finalized. So with a layer 2 solution, we could assume however many block confirmations that we feel is secure enough um, you know, on the ICON network, we achieve finality after two seconds. So that's, that's that's uh, you know, that's what it would take if we were doing ICON network to, uh, you know, another network that achieves finality. In four seconds, the whole process, you know, at most would take, uh, what is it? Um, six. Six or yeah. maybe eight seconds. Uh, because, yeah, you need to, there needs to be a confirmation that the transaction occurred as well. It depends on which blockchain is sending and which blockchain is receiving in terms of the total amount of time.
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Icongrapher, you can. Did you want to throw the next question? <laughs> or was it was just me. Uh, you can. You can take the. Next okay. Call, cool. Whatever. So, um, is it uh, just as easy for proof of work blockchains um, versus a proof of stake uh, when integrating BTP, or does that so matter? Similar
1: to, yeah, similar to what I was just saying. You need to make assumptions. So, uh, delegated proof of stake networks like Icon operate on uh, you know one block finality as soon as the block is confirmed, um, there's no going back. Like you can't, there's there's no probability that a longer blockchain would emerge. With proof of work, it depends on how many blocks have been confirmed in order to create like a, a probability assumption about, you know, whether or not the true chain is actually just lagging behind and this is a malicious chain. Like I'm not sure how familiar everyone is, but, you know, what – what comes down to truth in blockchain is the longest blockchain with the most work behind it. So, you know, when it comes to a proof of work network, you could, in theory, uh, you know, the longest blockchain may not be the most correct blockchain if another one comes up and puts in more work faster. So to try and wrap that up in simple terms, a proof of work blockchain, yes, it's possible. You would just need to make assumptions just like centralized exchanges do. And, you know, you make a deposit that says requires like 12 confirmations you know that after like X amount of confirmations, this is like 99.999% likely that this is the true accurate ledger. So we can just make some assumptions that you need 12 confirmations or five confirmations or whatever. Just depends on the network and the comfortability that we have with it.
0: Cool. Oh
2: so next question so you know uh, a little while back during one of the AMAs you mentioned that uh, you wanted to make BTP or ICON the most interconnected chain uh, basically in existence I think I'm paraphrasing you so hopefully I, I, I hit what you meant to say but so in in connecting to that are there is there a roadmap or plans in place to, to execute that goal I mean I assume so but to the extent you can kind of talk about that uh, publicly and then there was a mention of for the upcoming CPS proposals to onboard to work on creating those BTP uh, connections.
1: Yeah, I mean, the strategy there is to try and, uh, you know, work out different, uh, you know, like kind of cover ourselves, not cover ourselves, and t- like trying to make sure we get all the standards out there, right, like uh, we get uh, the contracts written in Solidity, we get them written in Rust, um, we cover a lot of the, all the common consensus mechanisms, and then we can, from there, we can just start copying and pasting work and and really expanding. So that's kind of been the strategy so far uh, with the change that we've been working on.
2: Uh, And then, okay. And then for the next for the next one, uh, you kind of touched, we kind of uh, this is kind of the question I asked, but it has a little more nuance to it. So I think it'll probably be a quick answer. But uh, the question is, with Icon becoming the aggregator chain, how seamless will it be to utilize BTP simple things like just storing your crypto in one wallet will be as simple as sending your crypto from another chain to your Icon wallet and the BTP connection will happen in the background without you even knowing or you need to actively make the connection each time. For example, if I send ETH to my Icon wallet, do I need to worry about losing my crypto? Due to the wallet address being from a different chain, or will the BTP connection just be made in the background without any input from the user?
1: Um, yeah, it's going to be a similar user. Like it depends if you want to wrap your assets or not. I think whoever asked this question maybe is a little confused on like you know w- what a wallet is and how they work. You know, like you can have, for example, like Icon X is both an Icon wallet and an Ethereum wallet. People can send Ethereum to it. There's a zero X address and an HX address. Um, but I'm assuming this person is talking about transferring ethereum to an HX address um, and there will be a you right yeah, that's what, okay. yeah, yeah and and there will be a user experience around that where you would first wrap your token and you would go through the process of specifying the destination address um, and yeah I mean all of these things come with their own forms of risk but I have a lot of confidence in BTP because of the fact that it's all secured by smart contracts and at the blockchain layer and not reliant on on um, you know, like either a multi-signature wallet like many of these other bridging solutions or, um, you know, some sort of game theory where, you know, like people have to stake tokens and then what if at some point, you know, uh, their stake that they have is worth less than like all the tokens that they've been uh, securing. It makes a lot of sense for them to just steal the tokens and run off. So, you know, Icon, Icon's BTP solution doesn't uh, have as many uh, attack vectors in, in, in my opinion. So I feel fairly confident in its security. Um, but yes, every time you send from an Ethereum wallet to an icon wallet, uh, or a zero X to an HX, there's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to have to go through the BTP network and there's smart contract risk there. Just like there isn't using any smart contract. It's right.
2: Got it. Um, how and to the extent again, they to the extent that you can talk about it, but uh, the question was, how far away are we from officially announcing the other BTP connections or GitHub?
0: What a sneaky um, question. Yeah, I mean,
2: and I, think, I don't know about they,
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty. Uh, I'm, I'll uh, make everyone do a little bit of work and just say, why don't you go over to the uh, BTP GitHub and just see who we're integrating with right now? I mean, uh, that would be a good way so to I answer saw, that question yourself.
2: Yeah, I guess I saw a screenshot of, uh, I believe it was. Uh, I know Polkadot was on there. I'm trying to remember the other two, uh, but that was only a screenshot. So it was one okay. of those things where I had to, I had to question if it was legit or not. And I hadn't done the follow-up. I can't for Why, so, uh, maybe why
0: we'll, don't we we'll, throw it out? There's quite a lot of people here. Challenges on before the, the call ends. Someone get us some answers. It's all on GitHub. Let's go. Who wants to voice up? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> we can also, uh, we can also, when we, when we upload this as the podcast, we can also link it in the show notes and, and uh, create a shortcut for everyone. Love
0: right? it. Um, Okay, so I think this this was a this question again answers itself a little bit. Will will we eventually be able to buy crypto directly with Bridge via BTP? So it's kind of using some of our other assets. Um, but from what you said, Scott, my understanding on this is we could essentially future iterations. You could, depending on how the UI is configured and what calls are made, it could essentially be done, right?
1: Uh, I didn't fully understand the question. When you said so, bridge, are you talking about the bridge wallet? Or that's right. Talking, yeah.
0: About so that? so he's, okay. he's asked with uh, bridge pay using BTP. So yeah. could we yeah, use absolutely. it directly? I yeah. mean,
1: yeah, we, we, pretty much the process would be you would you would deposit cash into your bridge account. It would be turned into a stable coin. And then, you, you know, it would be the same thing that we just described of making a uh, either cross chain swap, uh, you know, Thor chain style. If someone, uh, you know, if we end up, Uh, building that more complex use case with BTP, or you would, you know, wrap your uh, stablecoin, send it over to some Polkadot exchange and buy, uh, you know, Polkadot asset or ICX, like, like, I mean, even on balance without BTP at all, like, we're going to have a pair of, uh, you know, SICX against um, the stablecoin that we use, and people will be able to seamlessly convert their uh, ICX to USD and vice versa, uh, through balance. So I'm pretty excited about that. Just Quick, quick, side note there. Once, uh, once bridge launches.
0: Oh, excited. Okay, give me a sec. I have a request.
2: And uh, as a as a quick follow up, I'm looking at the BTP page right now, and there's uh right listed as Polkadot, Binance Smart Chain, and Near Protocol. So I saved I saved everyone the
3: anguish of uh, <laughs> having to Google that. Yeah. Hi, uh, am I allowed to ask a question yes. right now? You, gotta, you For- gotta wait my turn. No, far away. But- all right. So my answers are usually pretty stupid. I mean, my questions are so. you uh, <laughs> with me um, on the retail side. What kind of demand do you expect from BTP? Because as far as my understanding goes, anytime an asset is converted into another token, like Ethereum to ICX, whether it's wrapped, it's uh, considered a transaction. So as far as tax purposes, um, as far as taxes go, I mean, you owe taxes on it uh no, that's not it's uh, so, not a
1: taxable event uh wrapping okay. an asset yeah okay no i mean i'm not an not accountant it. you'd have to consult your accountant but i'd be shocked if a wrap if wrapping an asset um that's like taking cash out of your atm uh it's I, in a bank account uh, and now it's in your hand that's, yeah that's not a. So taxable i event. actually
3: read um a conversation about it i think last year when this whole De- defi space uh was coming up and uh, i think there was like some web like news article on it that uh regarding taxes that if you're wrapping your token, I think back then it was Ethereum was getting wrapped into something. Um, So they were like, you have to pay taxes on it. So I'm not sure if that was true or not, but thank you for clearing that up.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm no accountant, so I can't give tax advice and you should consult your accountant for that, but I I would be pretty shocked.
3: Got it, all right, thank you. Thank
0: you for stepping up and asking something. Great, love it. Um, (laughs) Okay, so We'll keep moving on. If anyone else has, keep stepping up. Uh, so this is another one on this note. Scott, your your declaration of this is really coming back to <laughs> everyone's questioning this. The foundation has declared that they're aiming to be the most connected blockchain in the industry by the end of the year. Um, do you have any more insight into the strategy to make this happen? So is there any... Yeah, I, think that's yeah,
1: I feel like I did kind of answer that one already with like... Uh... You know the strategy is to cover all the different uh, consensus, yeah. like the, the key consensus mechanisms and key smart contract languages, and then be able to copy and paste from there.
0: Yeah, cool. And
2: yeah. I mean, kind of it. It, it kind of sounds like you're 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 making it as hard as possible for another chain to not want to integrate, to where it's basically you're presenting almost like a gift wrapped. Hey, here's here's everything you need to do. Obviously, it's a little work involved still, yeah. but for the most part, it's pretty much it's pretty much out of the box, going to be ready to go for for a lot of these chains. So, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it, once it, obviously all the hard work's been done over the three years of creating the actual, um, you know, the protocol, the next hard step is is writing the, the various ways it would be implemented as far as code. But once that's all done, as you're kind of alluding to, it's just it's basically a copy paste job, and any chain that doesn't want to integrate it is kind of almost being uh, Overly obstinate to a certain extent. Is that is that basically how, it, how it's how Yeah. I mean,
1: frankly speaking, even if someone doesn't want to integrate it, uh, they don't really have much of a say unless it's a fully centralized network. You can deploy the smart contracts and true and do it anyway. Right. Um, and and you know another thing that you mentioned about you know being an out of the box solution is really what differentiates BTP from a lot of the competition. I mean, there's very little uh, infrastructure work that you need to do. You deploy a set of smart contracts. Um, we already have a set of relays that take care of. Uh, passing data between networks, we take care of routing your transactions to any other network that's in the BTP ecosystem. You know, uh, some of these other solutions are are more like architectures, not like out of the the box protocols, you know, that's actually implemented and done. It's more like, here's how you can do it and you can do it yourself if you want. Icon's like, "Well, well, we'll take care of this for you. We can get it done, we'll deploy these smart contracts and then our relay network that's incentivized with our own inflation um, is going to take care of everything for you guys. So it's, it's pretty low maintenance work um, for the people that are getting integrated, which is, uh, you know, uh, a, a key, key differentiator in my view. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the overly simplified version of it is just all it takes is hey, deploy the smart contract and you're good to go. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no governance issues they have to worry about. There's no like, oh, you have to have a node running. Right. Exactly. Oh, you have to have, uh, you have to have, you know, what you have to have a p rep going to validate on the network or anything like that. It's literally just hey, deploy this. You know, maybe there's a bit, it's maybe a bit more complex than how I'm presenting it, but it's still at the end of the day pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, which I think is. Yep. And, and the correct.
1: relay software, yes, yeah, deploy the contracts, and then there is also the relay software. But again, if it has a similar architecture to an existing network then the relay software will be pretty easy to get going
0: guys we have um alex alex your moment hey
4: what's going on scott what's going on guys Hey. hey so uh my question that i probably should have asked you before when it comes to like nft token standards erc 721 trc 721 stuff like that um will btp apply uh, the same way, like it applies for you know other tokens, ERC twenty and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we just need to create a uh, again. That's more that or not again, but that that would be a different uh, service. So like BTP operates as service contracts. All right, you could deploy mm-hmm. any number of service contracts on a respective network, and the first service contracts that we're creating are native token transfer and uh, standard token transfer. So, like the native token transfer s- service contract would allow people to send ICX to uh, a Polkadot power chain and back, and it would allow for the Polkadot power token to be sent to- sent to Icon and back. And then a standard token transfer contract is saying that we would we could uh, ex- send balance tokens to Binance Smart Chain and back, or we could send uh, Pancake Swap tokens from Binance Smart from Binance Smart Chain to Icon and back. So those are standard tokens, right, ERC-20, IRC-2, et cetera. Um, so then what you're talking about would be a new service contract that somebody could develop. Um, nobody is currently working on the uh, NFT standard token transfer contract or a service contract, but it's something that could be easily added to the BTP ecosystem.
0: Okay, got you. Cool. Alex from Viberwood, who's also building on Icon. Thank you for asking some questions. Excited to have you on the call. Yeah,
4: we're having a good time building. Everything's going smoothly. So uh, I'm really excited about the BTP. I caught this uh, conversation here and, you know, NFTs is the next big thing. So uh, we should definitely be diving into that soon.
1: Love it. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alex.
0: Cool. Um, Okay. So one of the questions, look, I think this is a bit of a repeat one that I'm going to ask, Scott. but I feel this is a good one to just tick off. So, you know, we know um, the Cosmos SDK, you know, they've got a whole bunch of different chains using their SDK and are slowly building their bridges, obviously, if they're on the same thing. What what does it mean when we integrate BTP to How difficult is it for us to? Is it the same as the explanations you've given before? It's just about connecting to their smart contract, to their chain, and then essentially we are interoperable with all the Cosmos related chains?
1: Uh, It's not gonna be all the Cosmos related chains, but whichever ones we deploy those contracts on, yes.
0: God, I am too vague in my questions. Thank you, Scott. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Cool. That, that, that's a real good one. Uh, I know uh, quite a few people asked similar questions like that. So it was. Yeah, I mean, Binance enough.
1: Smart Chain is a, is a Cosmos SDK chain. Yeah. From my understanding. Maybe it's not. I, I thought that uh, I, I know at the very least that uses Tendermint, but.
0: I thought it was a, a fork basic Ethereum with 20 nodes running, they control. <laughs> um, that was my understanding. Okay, cool. No, but that's good. Um, Now, Brandon has asked another question uh, here. Maybe you've covered this off, but how easy will it be to leverage B2P connections in dApps? Is there a good high-level example of what kind of steps are required for developer to for this yet? Uh,
1: No, there's no, like, uh, developer docs around that yet, but, like, um, we're essentially building the first app, which is going to be the the BTP, like, uh, bridge dashboard. Again, similar to, like, uh, Ren's dashboard, or um, you know, there's a couple other kind of token wrapping dashboards out there. Um, so that'll be kind of the first product to do. And then from a DAP developer perspective, it'll be just like integrating um, an uh, an ERC token. Um, so like for example, Balanced, you know, something I'm excited for. Um, you know, a major part of the revenue for the balanced protocol is uh, origination fees. Uh, so people being able to borrow BNUSD. And right now that revenue source is like really tied to just fluctuations in ICX price. When ICX price goes up, people can borrow more and they do. And that increases revenue. And, and when ICX price goes down, then we're having some issues there where, uh, you know, revenue slows down because people can't borrow. Um, so what we can do is using, let's say, uh, you know, let's say BNB, for example, we could add BNB as a collateral type. Uh, to balance fairly easily using BTP, we wouldn't own that experience in Balance. We would say if you have your wrapped BNB tokens, um, you can deposit them here as collateral, and then people would be like, "Well, where do I get my wrapped BNB tokens?" And we could uh, direct them to uh, the you know the the token wrapping station or whatever we end up calling it, uh, where there's this user interface to swap your uh, you know mainnet native BNB for. Uh, IRC, BNB. And, you know, at some point, we would be able to integrate those APIs into the balanced decks as well, so people could do it all in-app. And that would be, like, the ultimate goal.
0: Cool. Um, Okay, so, uh, Stephen, here has asked a big question, but I'm going to kind of just give the crunch of it. So, with the Polkadot ecosystem and the four chains and all that we have going on, is there plans at the moment to test BTP on uh, Kusama already or wait for the dot parachains? I understand that's kind of like a testnet um, in that ecosystem. Are we...
1: <laughs> no, Kusama is no testnet. No, Kusama okay. uh, maybe started as a testnet, but that's very real money on there. Okay. So uh, we're not going to be testing on Kusama, although it was suggested internally, which is kind of funny that it brings it up. Um, because, you know, we need to have, like, parachains to test against. And, like, those are even on... Their test net. There's only like I think one or two parachains that are functioning properly uh, to to be able to test BTP against. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can with the same code that we're using for Polkadot. We could we could integrate with Kusama networks, no problem. Especially if they were gaining traction.
0: Cool. That that answers it. Um, that question. There was a he he wrapped a, something around Edgeware as well, which I think we had Tom. Ivy on, on the podcast, and we covered that up. Because um, essentially, Edgeware, while they're looking for a parachain slot, uh, they're not dependent on it and can, you know, keep it. Yeah, they're a solo
1: chain. And yeah. it's actually slightly different work we've come to realize throughout the research process that integrating Edgeware is a little different than integrating parachains.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Help. Iconographer, cool. I'll throw it over to you. Um, let's see.
2: I'm trying to figure out. So, here's one. I have one. Que- here's what the, here's what the question is. I have one question regarding BTP that I've been thinking about the last few weeks. The mechanics of the fee aggregator auction and whether it be more like a first come first serve. I saw someone someone posted a discussion on this over GitHub a few days ago, so I don't want to jump on board their idea. idea. Um, and then so they so I guess are there you know as far as the auction system is concerned, there's this one gets that gets mentioned as far as first come first serve. The idea he mentioned on uh, regarding what was on GitHub was more about um, utilizing, you know, something like a lottery or something like that. I guess, are there are, are you guys looking at tweaking the auction system at all, or are you still thinking through that? I mean, I think it, it seemed like it was, I don't want to say finalized, but you guys had put a lot of thought into it already. So I guess, you know, uh, to what extent are you taking input and, and thinking through changes on possibly, you know, with the auction system um, or... Um, I guess, I guess that's kind of the open-ended question.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fee aggregation contract, um, I, like, you know, I did design that auction system and it was simply because we uh, I didn't want to necessarily rely on an Oracle solution, but I think that, like, for, you know, something that was kind of core to our network, but, you know, it is still a smart, uh, smart contract when it comes down to it. It's not anything at the core. And I do, I am getting more comfortability around that and it'll significantly simplify the fee aggregation contract. I mean, we'll just query... What the Oracle price is at, uh you know, let's say we're auctioning off BNB, say it's trading at, you know, 200 bucks, a uh, 10% discount, you know, uh, the aggregation contract will offer, uh, you know, the entire lot for uh, 180 a token. And then anyone can come in and buy it at their leisure, like a buy now option rather than an auction. I think that's ultimately better, especially to allow people to take advantage of arbitrage. So, um, you know, it was brought up internally as well recently. And I think, uh, you know, that's a change that I would support.
2: So uh, yeah i think that would be
0: that would be just like the I whole option would, thing because you know, i think so yeah, many I think...
1: things to consider as well just like uh the game right. theory side of it like you know considering different attack vectors of like you know someone spamming the auction with small bids so we had to increase the maximum or the you know the minimum bid increase by you know it's something we had to consider and then at that point you're not getting good proper price discovery and then at that point you know, like the market could swing and someone has a bid in place, and then you know, should they be allowed to cancel it? You know, and then people are spamming and canceling bids all the time. There's just so many small issues to, to consider when we could just be like, Oh, how much is this worth on exchange? It's worth 200, let's mark it down 10 percent and uh, and, and make it for sale. And like that, that would be nice and easy. So, I, I, I'm kind of people have thinking like thinking out uh, loud here and leaning towards yeah,
2: going that way, yeah. I mean, it's Especially, you know, when you first said that, I worry, okay, someone's just going to build a bot and instantly scoop it up. But if there's a way to, like, you know, put in put in standing limit orders for, hey, you know, I, I want to buy the next one BNB that comes on the market, and, you know, I put my limit order in there, and rather being sorted by price like they would be on other exchanges, it's instead, it's like, sorted by a first-come, 1st first serve thing, so... You know, if you're the fifth person to say, "Hey, I want to buy a discounted BNB," then after five BNB, you know, after the fourth BNB, then you get the next one. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I think I, that'd that, that would be something. That is
1: interesting to allow it not to be for bots, but I think people uh, are a little, um, you know, like whether or not it's for bots. Like it's still helping all ICX holders.
3: Yeah, so yeah. I, totally. I, I'm not too concerned totally. about yeah, I'm not trying to, that. to
1: limit the yeah. amount of bots. In fact, bots make things efficient. So by like. You know, right. you know like, I don't think we necessarily need to have like, the limit order book that you just described, I think adds additional complexity, which I was just getting excited about removing.
0: <laughs> so, so, Scott, I think <laughs> Good point. Um, Good point. Uh, just just on this, I feel, can we back up and give uh, an example here? Not uh, let, let's put it this way. So say uh, currently BTP, the integration was with Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain, right? And they they were transferring tokens, whatever, between each other using right. the BTP solution. Can you talk us through the fee, how that process will work? Because essentially Icon's in the background, um, but what right. the, the transactions are happening, the fees are being taken by the local um, Ethereum and BNB. So could you talk us through a very um, high level how that fee system and auction and how that would play a part and how ICX uh, token holders benefit?
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially, when someone sends a transaction um, on through BTP, the fee uh, is withheld on the, uh, you know, source blockchain, you know, where the contract is coming from. Mm -hmm. And then uh, periodically, um, we call a uh, gather fee method. And when that's called, then all the fees are gathered, Um, they're they're sent from the uh, what's it called, Um, the source chain over to icon and sent to the fee aggregation contract. And then from there, they're sold to ICX holders at a discount.
0: Excellent. I, I think that's that's great. Um, thank you. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Cool. Um, no uh, just, again, we've had a few, quite uh, a think- few more join. Was- just anyone, please make sure if you want to ask some questions, you just got to whack the microphone and I'll um, give you some airtime. Um, yeah, over to you, I can grab her.
2: I was going to say, you know, I, I think we've talked about the fee component um, as far as the the auction system and and the fact that there's a there's the 02 percent fee on all everything that's kind of moving around through BTP. But <clears throat> you had also alluded to there's other, you know, there's other potential contracts and service contracts and things like that that will be um, that could also, uh, you know, you, I assume you kind of utilize ICX transactions in a kind of I don't, you know expensive isn't necessarily a, a pleasant word, but I think from a standpoint of you know these transactions burning a chunk of ICX. I guess you know. So the the tokenomics are obviously pretty advantageous as far as the auction system that we just talked about. Are I guess beyond that, kind of as far as these other service contracts and things like that. Uh, what other ways are you know ICX holders and Iconis going to potentially benefit from BTP from a from a transactions less tokenomics standpoint?
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it all comes down to uh, kind of the two things you mentioned. Regardless of what service we're talking about, is transaction fees charged by BTP, like the BTP fees, and the uh, just network fees on the ICON network itself that are paid in ICX. So those are really the two key economic benefits. And then, you know, less like direct impact on ICX is really more the collaboration opportunities across other ecosystems and other communities. You know, I'm looking forward to doing more AMAs and, and more like, uh, you know, cross promotion opportunities between uh, with, with all of our BTP partners. You could even do, like, a, you know, a BTP conference someday with, like, uh, you know, everyone showcasing from different ecosystems how they're uh, using the technology for their own applications. And, you know, those are just good opportunities to gain awareness.
0: Cool. Okay, so um, I'll keep pushing forward. I know NBlaze got in a ton of questions, and and I've had some conversations of past around this with him, so keen to, to ask, ask this.
2: And it's... And Scott, you have about five
0: minutes? Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, speed reading. Um, BTP will need to be used with Fee 2.0 so we could avoid the necessity for all users to hold a separate icon wallet and virtual step. is currently an integral part of Fee 2.0. As Fee 2.0, in in brackets, as Fee 2.0 cannot be set up at the moment without setting up virtual step. I'm hoping you know what this means because I've just literally read it. Um, I do, I
1: do.
0: So that, that's the question is, is there, is that the case? Um, uh, oh, actually, it's actually
1: a, didn't catch the question.
0: Okay. So, so uh, <laughs> apart from that, he said, on the other hand, though, from what we know, um, icon 2.0 will not have virtual step. So how will fee 2.0 be set up and how will the transition from the current to icon 2.0 system be done? So that's the whole yeah, question. it'll be. Fr-
1: sp- sp- be uh, it seems like a virtual step question, not necessarily a BTP question. Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but virtual step um, will just be set to zero on Icon 2.0. So uh, nothing will change from a uh, standpoint, from a developer standpoint. If anything, we're going to try and improve the process because right now it's pretty clunky.
0: Okay. Great. I'll, I'll accept that as an answer. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) do we have an approximate date month when we could expect the first BTP mainnet uh, connection to be live? Um, I guess this would coincide. Um, I would
1: say like icon 2.0 plus maybe like, uh, you know, a couple of weeks just to make sure that everything is going well with the icon 2.0 migration. Okay. You know, like that's a pretty huge technological uh, milestone uh, to migrate every single block from icon one to icon two. So I'm not trying to slap on like 20 new features um, on top of that uh, right at launch.
0: It makes sense. And um, I, I guess this is a cheeky one. Is it possible to share which will be the first blockchain that we connect to? So we know we're working, we're building. Do, do you have an idea which we're probably gonna push forward once that time comes?
1: Uh, yeah, I think like, um, I guess Nier came on uh, latest like the most recently, I guess, is a better way to say that. So that'd probably be the last one, and the other ones are kind of probably going to happen at the same time. Ah,
0: cool. Okay. Uh, Okay, I think that's so... um, Now, this was one from Pedro. Uh, He asked, um, how soon can we expect to see private institution chains built by Conloop Transact uh, using BTP after its launch? Um, Yeah,
1: that'd be more of a... uh, Uh, Icon Loop question. I don't really keep up to date or, uh, you know, um, I don't really know much about what's going on on the private chain side. And, you know, me personally, I'm more excited about public to public interoperability anyway, and, and what it means for the public blockchain and cryptocurrency industry.
0: Cool, and um, I think you've answered this, but this is it's a good question as well. Uh, can AMMs interact with other chains via BTP to increase yields? So once we have the full iteration of BTP, would that be possible?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know about the whole increase yields part, but you can certainly, uh, just like I was describing earlier, you could have um, similar. Yeah, we could we could have we could have AMMs uh, functioning, um, calling cr- uh, contracts across different
0: networks. Cool. Um, and one more, Scott. Uh, so what what's the difference between our BTP solution and other big players like Cosmos? You know, so what, in your eyes, what advantage do we have, does our technology have over the other solutions? Uh, I mean, you've touched yeah, on a I, few of these, but let's close it out on right.
1: that. Sure. Yeah, I think, like, um, I, I, all, all these solutions have their merit. I would say we're most similar in terms of architecture to IBC, um, but IBC itself is primarily an architecture. There's not like a set of relays that are paid uh, in atoms to pass messages between all Cosmos SDK networks. If you want to use IBC, they say here, this is how you do it. And then you implement it on your own network, you run your own relays, and, and that's how you get it done. Uh, with, with icons BTP, um, uh, like the uh, we have a similar component called a light client and uh, icons light clients are on chain so secured at the smart contract layer while light clients um, and IBC are off chain from my understanding, although I'm not a hundred percent certain on that one, I would say the primary differentiator is what I was saying earlier is that icons uh, BPP is kind of like a out of the box solution where we run all the infrastructure for you. And IBC is more of an architecture um, that other people can, you know, easily replicate. It has good docs around it. It's definitely a great solution. Um, and also from my understanding, it's, specific to Tendermint for now, but that's not to say that uh, that won't be possible to extend to other networks, um, if that is indeed the case.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, uh, Scott, I know you have to go, but I just had one personal question. So, you know, we saw the Harmony put out uh, a GitHub, you know, request for funding to build the smart contracts. Um, I made mention of this in the past episode, are we going to see a lot more of this, uh, even with the foundation or some support being thrown around BTP, where we put up a bit more on GitHub to pay people to build out some of the contracts for the other chains? Uh, is is that the plan pushing forward? I mean, that's already
1: what that's already what we've done. Okay. So we just don't put it up on GitHub. IconDAO is contracted to build Polkadot. Web3 Labs is contracted for Binance Smart Chain. And then we have uh, this team called Hugobyte. Who has gotten a grant from the Web3 Foundation? They're active in the Polkadot ecosystem and familiar with, uh, you know, WebAssembly and, uh, you know, writing uh, in Rust. And they're building the implementation on near. Cool. And we've contracted and worked with, worked with all of them uh, exactly as Harmony's doing. They just use Gitcoin and we use uh, the relationships that we we've had uh, already. And funny enough, the team that uh, took the Gitcoin request was Ibris, who is like extremely active in our ecosystem <laughs> and apparently active in harmony as well and instead of having harmony put out a gitcoin request they could have just uh, messaged their team and been like hey do you guys want to work on this
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so but,
1: pretty uh, pretty funny how that all worked out
0: true but the github uh, to me was great little marketing thing as well uh, on the side just getting yeah. it out there public um
1: yeah no i was glad to see that they did that you know like uh, as opposed to trying to coordinate announcements and everything they were just like hey here's a gitcoin request we want to get integrated with icon um, and that's why I guess I'm a little looser with just pointing you guys to the GitHub to keep up to date. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good strategy.
0: Did did I can go for? Did you answer that for everyone, or has anyone gone in and gotten the dates and wants to share with the group? If not, yeah,
2: I yeah. mentioned I mentioned it. I mentioned it a bit ago. It's yeah, it's uh Binance Smart Chain, Mirror and uh, Polkadot. And then yeah, oh, we just really haven't Ivers ha- added
0: Har- on because,
1: Harmony. Like Ivers hasn't started the yeah. They haven't right. started Harmony yet, so it's not on our GitHub.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Scott, I know um, over time, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, again, if there, anyone has questions, no one stuck their hand up, so I'm assuming not. But that's all for today then. Thank you, Scott, for making time. Um, everyone, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Just, It was great attendance. I thought today's discussion was fantastic. So many insights. I was trying to tweet out a couple of things, but uh, I, I'm a guy. I can't multitask. What, what can I say? <laughs> Yeah, no, no
1: problem, Fez. Thanks for organizing this as usual, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yes, yes. Thanks, Scott. And Graffa, thank yep, you. Take it easy. Cool. Thanks, everyone, yeah. for joining, and thanks for the questions. I'll take care.
1: Yep. See yeah.